from inside Memorial Stadium. This is the Huskers Radio Network podcast. All Huskers, all the time. Here's your host, Jessica Cootie. Welcome back inside a very special edition of the Huskers Radio Network podcast. I'm Jessica Cootie and joined by two very special guests. You're familiar with Dr. Chatters, Lawrence Chatters, the executive associate athletic director for diversity, equity, and inclusion. And from the third ranked men's gymnastics team in the country, senior Khalil Jackson joining us. It's Black History Month, so we have a very important conversation we want to get to today. But before we do that, Big news, the gymnastics Twitter fear was set abuzz as Simone Biles was in Lincoln this weekend and, and she had come to support you. Tell us of the backstory of that. Yeah, so <clears throat> it pretty much started when I made national team when I was about 14 years old and it was my first ever national team camp and at that point Simone had just won uh, back-to-back world championships. So she was big in the gymnastics world. She wasn't really known outside of gymnastics, but Everybody within our community knew that she was just the GOAT at that point. Um, but one of my friends, Johnny Jacobson, he was on FaceTime with her in the room right next to me. And, you know, I'm 14 years old. I'm fangirling. You know, I hear him talking to Simone Biles. And I'm like, oh, my God, I want to talk to her. So he calls me over. He's like, yo, you want to say something? I was like, yeah. So I saw her on the phone. I saw her on the FaceTime. I was like, oh, hi, Simone. I'm Khalil. Uh, I'm from Houston. Just started introducing myself and everything. And... That following year, she came to one of my home meets um, back home in Texas, and that's when I first like saw her in person. And from that point forward, I don't know, we just kind of it's just been a natural friendship. How cool was it that she flew up here and uh, was able to attend a meet here in it Lincoln? It was surprising. I have been trying to get her out here for four years, um, but she's she's just always on the go. So it was, it was it's been kind of hard. But um, I was actually on Facetime with her sister Adria. Because we I was trying to get her to come out here, too. And Simone had called me while I was on FaceTime with her. And I was like, okay, hold on. Simone's trying to call me. Answered the phone. And she was like, hey, I heard you had a gymnastic meet this weekend. And I was like, yeah. She was like, yeah, me and Jonathan are trying to come out. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, yeah, I sent her the dates, sent her some hotels that she could check out. And she was just like, all right, I'll see you there. I was like, cool. So what did she think? What did she think of Lincoln? Oh, they loved it. They both loved it. I mean, it was like no other experience, especially for gymnastics, because we don't really get that light shined on us, especially men's gymnastics, as much as other sports. But they they said it was nothing. It was it was like one of the greatest college experiences that they've both had. That's awesome. It was, it was cool. And, and Twitter was abuzz with all of it. So the GOAT was in Lincoln this weekend. It was awesome to see. Well, Dr. Chatters, I know you, you've been on before. We, we've had a, a few conversations, but we had a discussion about doing something for Black History Month. So I guess kind of what was your goal when you, you wanted to kind of do this podcast and invite some student athletes to join us? Yeah, so really appreciate the opportunity to really highlight some of our student athletes that are here at Nebraska that are uh, black student athletes, African-American, however they, you know, consider themselves but you know during Black History Month we really try to bring a spotlight and a celebration to black contributions in the United States and I think it's important for uh, all of our Husker fans to understand some of the significant contributions that have been made by black athletes in the past and that are currently being made now. And so um, I really appreciate the opportunity to just bring some of those student athletes on uh, the show and introduce them to the great state of Nebraska because I think that 
We all appreciate all of our student athletes and their backgrounds, but during Black History Month, we take that specific focus in on our black students and uh, get to celebrate them, really. And so um, I'm excited to have Khalil here. I've known him for quite a few years now, actually, and I just think he's an amazing young man. Yeah. And I just want our fans to get to know him and know a little bit more about his story. But even more importantly, I want them to have an understanding of his journey as a black man in a sport where there are not many other black men and in a sport where potentially that support may not always be there because it's challenging. And so I wanted him to talk about his journey, how he ended up here at Nebraska, and just what it's been like for him to be here in Nebraska, you know, by way of H-Town. So um, really look forward to talking to him a little bit on the show. Yeah, let's start there. How did you get into gymnastics? So my mom was at work. I was about three years old. And I was messed around on the couch with my sister and my dad. And I was on the coffee table. I did a backflip off the coffee table. And I busted my eye right open. My mom came home. She was like, what happened? My dad told her that I did a backflip. And I messed up, landed on my face. She said, okay, if you're going to be doing this, we're going to put you in a safer environment. So she got me in the gym. And I, did a, I think I did my first back handspring and I was like, three and a half, four years old. Wow. And really, I, obviously, I'm at four years old, you don't know. You know, you, you just do things and you figure out what you're capable of doing. And I did a back handspring and the coach told my parents, they were like, yo, he might have something special. And they just kept me in it. It's been my journey for the last 17, 19, 17, 18, 19 years. You got, what, what question do you have for him? So just as you were growing up and talk to me a little bit about when is it that you first realized that, you know, potentially you were one of very few people that looked like you in the sport? Because, you know, growing up, you know, for me, one of the things I really looked to was the NBA. You know, there were a lot of people in the NBA that looked like my dad that, you know, I could relate to and everything else. But in gymnastics, you know, honestly, I don't really know of many black men in the gymnastics world. So talk to me about what that was like for you and where that representation either pulled you into it or made you feel like potentially there might be some challenges or just what it was like being a young black male gymnast. Yeah, so like you said, I mean, we don't have that many black role models in gymnastics. Um, for all of us, it's kind of, you know, you start this journey and you almost have to look within yourself to be your own role model. Um, fortunately, you know, when I was in, I think, sixth grade, I made my first USA national team camp. And when was that? That's probably like 2010, around 2010 to 2012. And John Orozco was on the men's U.S. Olympic national or the men's U.S. Olympic team. Um, and that was my first kind of representation I saw within the sport. And fortunately, I've been blessed to make that national team and be able to train with him at the Olympic Training Center in Colorado Springs. And like Simone, I was fangirling on John Orozco because I see somebody that's like me in a position that I wanted to be in mm -hmm. and a position that I've dreamed about being in my entire life. So, you know, for the first, really for the first main years of my gymnastics career, like when I first started making national teams and regional teams and all that, it was kind of just looking within myself, but finding or seeing John Orozco and seeing Donna Wittenberg and just all these other slim, slim, not really known African-American gymnasts in that position, seeing that kind of gave me, gave me a little spark. So, you know, you talk about that spark and just 
again, being that you could connect with them for some other reasons, um, can you talk to me about what it was like for you just growing up being an African-American male in your community and being in gymnastics versus some of the other sports that traditionally people would be in? And this is going to back up a level, too, because being a male and also being in gymnastics is a unique journey, right? Oh, so yeah. talk to me about what it was like for you in your community when it's like, yeah, what sport do you do? And you're like, oh, I'm a gymnast. What was that like for you? Yeah, so growing up, I pretty much went to predominantly white institutions. So I didn't really have peers like me to you know, connect with outside of school and connect with outside of sports. Um, so it was, I don't know, it, it was scary because I felt like I had to keep that a secret that I was a black male in gymnastics, even though I knew that I was a good black male in gymnastics. Like I had, I had dreams of being an Olympian. I had all these aspirations and everything. So it was kind of weird because I felt like I had to gatekeep, you know, my abilities. Um, but I, I faced a lot of adversity from my black peers, especially um, because, you know, the, a, a lot of us, we are known in basketball, you know, known in football, known in baseball, sports like that. But when you hear gymnastics, you automatically think, oh, it's a female sport. You don't really see men, black men at that in a sport like this. So honestly, it was kind of demoralizing to see that I didn't have my own people to back me up. Um, but I mean, I... I've gone through adversity in gymnastics outside of that before. So, you know, when I talk to my parents about it, they're like, you know, just keep on doing you. You know, you know what you want. You know what you have to accomplish. You know what you want to accomplish. So don't focus on them. Just stay on your journey. Keep that tunnel vision. And soon they'll know. Why did you love it so much that you wanted to battle through that adversity and, and do things that maybe that you didn't see other people doing? So... There was actually a, a point where I wanted to quit in eighth grade, and it was because it was, it was becoming too much hearing people you know, talk down about not just gymnastics, but talking, about, talking down about a black male in gymnastics, um, just because it was something that they've never really been exposed to. Um, which, I mean, is, I can understand it. Like, you, you know, you see a black male gymnast in... You know, that's not that's not the typical view that you would get. That's not the sport that you would, you know, see them in. Um, but I I just knew what I wanted. I knew that I wanted to be either an Olympian or be an NCAA um, collegiate athlete in gymnastics. And, you know, despite hearing everything, I just, at a young age, I knew that that was my dream. And I've, I've been in it for pretty much my entire life face adversities within gymnastics pretty much my entire life. So I don't know. I just, I kind of just let it go in one ear and out the other. So how did you get here to Nebraska? Take us through your recruiting process and, and why this was the spot. Yeah, so I, it was actually a pretty easy decision for me. Um, I wasn't really, what's the word? I wasn't really, no, like I didn't really know that much about Nebraska until my coach, current coach, reached out to me. Um, but I had, you know, applied or reached out to coaches at other Big Ten schools like Penn State, Ohio State, all that. Um, but I didn't have the grades to get in. And Chuck, 
he reached out to me and my assistant coach, John, they were pretty much with me throughout my entire process of getting the right ACT scores to be accepted into the school. And it was about a six month journey for me to get the right, like to get at, at least a 20 on my ACT to be able to get accepted into the school. Um, but they showed me, you know, family and they showed me that they stood behind me before I even committed to university. Um, even though I wasn't even accepted to the university yet, they showed me that they were willing to stay with me through the process and no other coach showed me that, no other team showed me that. I had guys on the team reach out to me and ask me how my, how my uh, studies were going, how, if I'm making any improvements in school and all that. And I didn't get that from any other school. So, you know, seeing that kind of just spoke to me itself. That's awesome. So you get here and you're coming to Lincoln, Nebraska from Houston. Talk to us about what that was like for you from a cultural perspective. Like what was different about Lincoln and then also maybe zone in a little more into your team and what was different about your team or maybe similar to your team compared to the gym that you were at back home? Yeah, so Houston, if y'all didn't know, is the most diverse city um, in the country. So there is not one majority. Um, I've been surrounded by all different types of races, all different types of ethnicities growing up my entire life. And to me, that was just the norm, embracing other cultures and just getting the, getting the feel of what it's like to be around people that aren't like me. Um, and coming here, it was kind of, you know, like I mentioned earlier, I went to a predominantly white institution growing up and I was kind of, you know, it kind of set me up for what it is like for what it's like at UNL, even though I didn't really know you know, everything that UNL encompassed, I knew that it wasn't as diverse as Houston. So that kind of scared me a little bit, um, knowing that I, wouldn't, I wasn't probably gonna see as many black people uh, on campuses or just across the city or across the state. Um, but coming here, it wasn't nothing like that at all. You know, I've, I pretty much came into a team that was diverse. I have teammates that are Canadian, I have teammates that are German, um, just teammates that come from everywhere. So that diversity, uh, perspective kind of followed me in a sense because even though I mean it's not as diverse here as it is back home I still get that sense of inclusion that sense of diversity from guys of different backgrounds and everything so I mean it wasn't as scary of an uh, adjustment as I thought it would be um, but it's, it's definitely it's definitely helped me become more comfortable and more expressive in you know in just me and being african-american yeah so and one of the unique things that you also uh had on your team here when you got here was there were other black student athletes on the team is that right correct so and that's a really unique thing in gymnastics because uh jessica was actually talking about some statistics earlier about how many black men are currently gymnasts and uh, it's not a very high number and so to come into the team and from what i can remember i know that kyle may have potentially been here kyle king yep. at the time and then also sanjay mm -hmm. uh and so what was that like for you to come into a team where there was already some diversity in that way? Was that uh, something that brought you inspiration? Was it just kind of, you know, like, okay, did it have anything to do with your decision to come here? Like, how did that play into it? Oh, yeah. So Kyle and I, I think Kyle actually grew up about four hours away from where I live back home. Um, so I pretty much grew up going to state camps and state championships and regional championships, national championships. I just, I pretty much grew up with him in that gymnastics community from a young age. And 
seeing him and seeing him represent Nebraska as well as he did kind of gave me a little bit more motivation because I see somebody that, you know, grew up in pretty much the same area as me back home out here in Lincoln, Nebraska and doing wonderful things. And seeing that was just kind of, I don't know, I, it, it kind of gave me a little more encouragement to come here and show that we are a team that can be diverse and that has happened. I mean, in the last four years, we've been able to bring in more African-American uh, gymnasts from all over. Um, but I mean, all it takes is one and he represented the African-American community, the African-American gymnastics community very well in his years that he was here. So seeing that kind of just, I don't know, it gave me a little, yeah. gave me a little hype, gave me a little inspiration. I mean, your team's diverse, but across collegiate men's gymnastics, I mean, 6% of, of all of men's college uh, gymnastics or gymnasts are, are black, 18 total gymnasts uh, in all of, all of that sport. And even on the women's gymnastics side, 8%, only 8% are, are black female student athletes. Um, how do you continue to grow that? What do you think it will take to continue to grow that representation of black student athletes in collegiate gymnastics, both on the men's and women's side? I mean, for me, I'd say just showing pride and just showing that, um, you know, it's okay to be different. It's okay to take a different journey and seeing how the black community represents our community in gymnastics is where it starts, you know, not just in the gym, but how we carry ourselves outside of the gym, um, the type of people that we are, because, you know, at the end of the day, we're not just gymnasts, you know, we're people in we represent a bigger group of people outside of the sport. But um, I've definitely, you know, I, I grew up knowing pretty much all of the male black gymnasts. And we've just been able to make those connections and maintain those connections and build upon those connections um, throughout our careers up until this point and past this point. Um, but for the most part, I mean, we we pride ourselves in what we do, and you you want to you want to see that, because that's you know we we are the representation of young black males in the sport, and it's a responsibility, but it's a responsibility that we love to that we love to take and that we love to tackle on, um, yeah. That's awesome. So, you know, one of the things I run into often, Khalil, is just people that are in the space uh, in athletics and in the, the greater you know, community who are like, well, why does it matter that you, know, you talk about being a black gymnast versus a white gymnast or a German gymnast? I mean, they're all gymnasts at Nebraska. So can you just talk a little bit about why it does matter when we talk about your experience as a black male gymnast? Why does that matter? Why is that important as opposed to you being a part of a greater team? And why, does that, why is that significant to you and why is it meaningful to you? Yeah, for me, I mean, I I want to be that representation for young black males that want to take on this journey. Um, you know, growing up, I didn't really have, un until about 2012, I didn't have a representation. I didn't have someone like me to look up to in a higher position in the sport than I was. Um, so I kind of had to, you know, find my own motivation to be my own, basically be my own role model. And... Though I would like to see that in younger black gymnasts, I also want them to have just that, that role, that representation that they can see on TV, um, that they can watch the highlights of, 
um, and be like, oh, mom, I want to be like him. You know, whenever I get to college, I want to be like him. I want to go to the Olympics just like him. Because um, I think, you know, having that representation, it, it goes a long way. When you see somebody like you, especially that of a minority group, it shows that you're capable and you're possible of achieving those things. And I, I, I just, I go into the gym every day and I see the younger Khalil, I see the younger Khalil and where he was at. Every time I close my eyes before I do routine, you know, I see him and I just imagine that I was once a six-year-old male gymnast, six-year-old black male gymnast that wanted to be in this position that I'm in right now. And that itself has given me motivation throughout my, my collegiate journey. What would you tell that six-year-old Khalil? Uh, you've, you've made it. I mean, this, <laughs> is, this is what I dreamed of. You know, I've, I've, always been, I've always wanted to go to the Olympics, and unfortunately that didn't happen. But this is, I'm, I'm still living a dream. You know, I'm proud of everything that I've embarked on my journey, um, the good and the bad. Because um, there was a lot of times that I could have given up, but I didn't. And six-year-old Khalil, he's going through a lot <laughs> in the last 15 years in the sport. But he pushed through. He didn't let, you know, he, he let all the negativity just go in one ear and out the other and just focus on himself. And that's one thing I can just be proud of him. You know, Khalil, I've, again, since I've known you for a little while, I've seen your progression, I've seen your journey, and I can honestly say that you're an amazing representation for those younger uh, boys out there who are looking to go into being uh, gymnasts. Not only black young boys, but also other boys who are just interested in the, in the sport and see you standing as a strong man now in this sport and the commitment that you have to the sport. But I, I also want to be very intentional about saying that Yes, another Khalil is out there, another young black male who might look at you and say, that guy looks just like me or my big brother, and you know that's something that I would like to do because I want to be powerful like him. I want to be strong like him and, and graceful as well. And just honestly, that's amazing. And we're so happy to have you here at Nebraska. Um, All-American on the high bar, right? That's correct. I mean, absolutely amazing. Uh, all the leadership you bring to the team and our department, and we're just so proud of you and happy to have you as a Husker. Thank you. I appreciate it. Hey, can you take us when you're All-American? I mean, that had to be a, a really Oof. rewarding moment when you talk about the journey and everything that you kind of went through. When you're an All-American, I mean, very few people can say that. Yeah, I mean, it was my freshman year was it was scary because I came into college with a fully torn labrum. So I knew that I either was going to get surgery um, the summer going into my freshman year or I could just push through and I wanted to at least get one collegiate experience under my belt before I were to get surgery. So I pushed through all of, you know, all the fall semester, all the spring semester. And yeah, there are times where I just, you know, I, I, I reconsidered getting that surgery in the summer when I was given the opportunity. Um, but I'm glad I didn't, you know, I, I went through a lot my freshman year. I think I counted and there was, out of the 10 regular season meets that we had, I only made one high bar routine. So that alone was discouraging to me because you know, I came here and my coach, he's had so much belief in my ability and I just felt like I was failing myself, him and the team. Um, but there, there, is, there is still a spark. There is still something that I knew that I still had to accomplish. And you know, despite going one for nine on a high bar routine leading up to postseason, I knew that I was still I was recruited for a reason and I had I still had the chance to prove why I was recruited 
And, you know, that two-week span between, between regular season and postseason, um, I really took that time to just reflect on my journey that I've already had uh, in college and just really dial in on what it is I want to achieve. Um, coming in to, you know, coming, coming to UNL my uh, freshman year, I wrote down three, goal, three goals. And one of them was to All-American. Um, another one was to get third place as a team at NCAAs. And the other one was just to keep my mind set and keep my mind focused, keep, keep that tunnel vision. And I see that in my locker. I saw it in my locker every day. And I looked at it and I really paid attention to it, uh, especially going into the postseason. And it just it gave me that, that spark. And in Big Tens, you know, I hit both of my routines on high bar. I made finals, even though I didn't plan out how I wanted it to. I still made finals, and it was still alone a great accomplishment. Um, and then I get to NCAAs, and I'm like, all right, this is, this, is, this is it. I see all these schools. I see all these fans, and I only got two days. I only got two opportunities to do what I got to do and do what, I know I, do what I know I'm supposed to do. And in that moment, as soon as I hopped on board in the bar, it was like nothing else mattered. I was the only one in that arena. I just did what I had to do and celebrated. Special. How thankful are you for the opportunities that gymnastics has provided you, even though, you know, maybe some young kid like you might not think, oh, gymnastics can open doors for me. I mean, how thankful are you for the doors and the opportunities that it has provided you? Um, beyond thankful. I've been able to make lifelong friendships with people. Um, I've been able to accomplish, you know, getting all American getting, uh, being a Big Ten finalist, making it in the second day. Um, but besides all that, I mean, I've, you know, like I said, this is, this is what I dreamed of. And I've been living a dream my entire collegiate career. Um, since I came in here, doors have been opening up. Um, doors I didn't even know could open up for me. Um, but it's, it's definitely been a blessing to be able to represent my family, my, my home, my hometown, and the school. Um, it's, it's a dream, honestly. I do want to mention before we wrap things up that March 5th is the next time, uh, Khalil and his teammates, that you'll be in inside Devaney. So if you're uh, thinking about trying to check out a men's gymnastics meet, they're good. They're ranked third in the nation. They're coming off a fourth-place finish. You're, uh, I know you guys are, are, have big goals for this oh, yeah. team moving forward, right? Oh, yeah. We are driven. I mean, this is, this is probably one of our best seasons since I've been here. Um, even if we've come up short in some meets, we, we fight. Our team is full of fighters, and we show that from the first event to the very last routine. And it's definitely, this is definitely a special team. Hopefully we uh, come out on top towards the end of the season. Yeah, but March 5th, Saturday, inside Devaney, you'll have Minnesota, Iowa, Illinois here, 5 o'clock. So make sure you uh, put that on your calendar. Final thoughts for both of you guys? Well, just wanted to thank you, Khalil, just for um, your leadership and just being a Husker. I mean, you are a, an exemplary Husker. You're a person who I know has overcome some adversity in your time here. And I think you do stand as an example of what Nebraska athletics is all about, which is, you know, helping student athletes, uh, you know, really realize their true full potential and be successful on and off the mat. And so, um, it's just been amazing to get to know you, and I'm really happy to be able to talk a little bit more about just from a cultural perspective what your experience has been like here and what it was like for you growing up and not seeing much representation in the sport. I think that's an important message to get out to people for them to understand. But again, 
congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Anything else? Final thoughts for you that you want to make sure people people know? Take away. Um. Go be great. <laughs> I love it. I go love be it. great. Cool, Dr. Chatters. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, what a great conversation, and we'll we'll look forward to more. We got more on the way. Absolutely. Thank you, Jessica.